AI-driven services are embedded in most of the financial tools that are available today because they're automation of what would otherwise be a much more expensive way to provide those services. So you're seeing a lot more AI embedded, even in a basic prepaid card that you buy off of a J-hook at, at a store, the intelligence behind that, the system behind that will be run off of AI, especially when you're talking about PFM tools. You know, if your uh, personal financial management application is, is pretty basic, right? Oh, I'm going to categorize my spend and it's going to give me a graph and a look at that. That's not a lot of artificial intelligence going into that. But if it's going to make recommendations or predict your next purchase or anticipate when you're going to need gas in your car again or need to go to the grocery store again, that's most of that is being run by AI programs now. And, and a lot of times it's an AI bot, which is just taking on a little task. And then sometimes it's a full-blown AI platform in the case of some of the major banks who have a much more advanced you know, thing tied to your banking account and your deposit account and those type of things. So, so depending upon the tool that you use, there's AI. It's just whether it's a little bit of AI or, or a big batch of it. <clears throat> if it's all happening, therefore, behind the scenes, is it something I need to make a conscious decision to involve in my personal financial planning process? Typically, the answer would be no. In most cases, artificial intelligence, machine learning, all of that is an ingredient in the offering. So if you're looking for a personal financial management tool, you're looking for what features it offers. And a lot of times it'll tell you, this will help you with your forecasting of your budget, and it'll help you look for optimized spend and do different things. So if you're just looking to categorize your transactions in any of those cases, it's the feature you look for. It's not necessarily the technology. And AI is the technology that makes the feature more robust. Well, how important is this planning going to be for me? Because as an ordinary Joe, do I actually need to worry that much? Well, I, I guess the, the technical answer is yes. Budget management is one of the biggest financial problems facing most uh, consumers. And what happens is, Today's, in today's digital world, you're influenced about your spend all day long, right? Uh, ads and targeted media and things of that nature, uh, whether you're on social media or whether you're watching television. And so what happens is you get this constant compulsion for impulse spending and incremental subscriptions. Oh, I'll just add my new streaming service because I want to watch, you know, the, the new movies that are out in this. And I'll just add that. And that, and that has a little incremental impact to your budget. So these things are important because they do the thinking for you behind the scenes that you otherwise would have to make time to do. And that's one of the, one of the things we've seen happen. 15 years ago, you could go in and plug in, you know, how much money you wanted to spend on gas and track that. That's pretty basic personal financial management. But you don't take the time to do that anymore as a consumer. Most consumers don't. So the, the average Joe probably needs it more so than the affluent who has the extra money to spend on those type of things. So if you're getting started out and I, you know, I have a, a huge family of nieces and nephews and most of them are in that 16 to 25 year old range now and every one of them needs help managing their money and none of them use cash, which is amazing. You know, all I wanted was folding money in my pocket when I was a kid, which, which confesses my age a bit, but all of them have a card that their parents move money to, or, you know, when, 
when it's time for a birthday or, or a graduation or something, everybody transfers money with a Zelle or a Venmo or PayPal. And their financial management is a skill set they have not developed. Uh, bec- you know, it's money in, money out, just like it was for us when we were kids. And those tools are saying, you know, things like, hey, don't forget you have the concert coming up. And, you, you know, you're usually spending $35 a month on gas. You don't have $35 left. Are you sure you're going to be able to do it? Those little reminders and in-app notifications is, is really a, a good way to, to kind of your subconscious telling you, oh, wait a second, maybe I shouldn't spend this money right now at the convenience store. And so I, I think they are important for the average Joe. Well, what we're talking about here is not personal financial management. It's personalized financial management. Exactly right. Exactly. And, uh, you know, the, it's very hard. Most people are very interested in seeing what personal financial management tools exist in their banking relationship. Very few people engage with them, you know, full on. And, uh, you know, I think where we're going is, and AI is going to help us get there, we started out with the consumer having to do all the data entry and make all the preference decisions. Now we're moving to a little bit of predicted, predictive analysis based on your spend of what you're going to do and kind of giving you a heads up. And where we'll get to is that the best analogy I can make is the Jarvis in Iron Man, right? Where the, the person understands your personality a little, knows they're not going to talk you out of going by the pub and getting a beer. And so they're not going to try and manage your finances. They're going to try and keep you informed and be very personalized, which is that's the trick to really get it there. It'll be personalized and it'll cross multiple accounts. Today, most of those tools are limited to the account from which they're offered. And so bringing it across your prepaid card from one bank and your credit card from another bank and your debit card from another is very hard today, unless you go to a fintech offering, you're going to see those type of offerings come together in the phones. You're, you're seeing a lot of that out of the telecom services now. What you're describing is open banking yes. to an extent. Exactly right. And, and the open banking standards that are already moving into the U.S., um, but you know, have been established in, in the EU for a while now, are all setting the stage for, for providing that service. So you're going to find more banks willing to take in information from other banks to provide their customer the principal, you know, viewing them. Well, this is going to become more and more important, isn't it? Because we're facing a situation now with the coronavirus pandemic, which is going to turn, is turning into an economic recession. It's going to be more important for people than ever to be able to manage their finances sensibly. And anything that helps them do that has got to be a good thing. Anything, I completely agree. And what I would say is we tend to get as careless as the market allows us to get. And so, you know, and I'm, I'm no different. I, I've been in the financial services space for 20 years and I find myself like, gosh, you know, I, I really should have been a little more responsible in December and January before all this came along. And, and so the tools are always available. The challenge is it takes a very conscious consumer to go in and actively leverage them. And with AI and the digital channels, what's happening now is they can give me little bites of information about my financial management, a little piece at a time. I think that's the transformation that's going to get people really engaged. You can't start youngsters at a young enough age with this. The average person making an electronic transaction, the age is below 10 years old, right? They're on their iPad and they're downloading a game. It's just they're not using their money. They're using their parents' money, right? And so 
how many children have a video game that they download apps into or something that they play on or a phone that they use, whether, whether they use the phone feature or not. You know, all of these things are now digital. Downloading a video so they can watch it on a car trip across town or what have you. All of those little transactions are financial decisions. They're just not right now. They're just getting that from their parents. But teaching them financial management at a younger age is becoming more important. We're seeing a lot of that in countries like Canada and, you know, in some of the countries in the EU have taken a really proactive approach to financial education. The PFM tools and that AI will really make it easier for them to learn because they won't have to make so much effort to get the information. Well, listening to what you were just saying, I was wondering how long it's going to be before Alexa is going to start nagging me about my personal finances. <laughs> well, so an interesting thing about Alexa is, is they offer an app integration capability where you can customize that. So there are some of those in the market today that are offered through special features. And, and so whether Alexa does it on the, on the scale or not, I'm, I'm not sure, but I imagine that, that that's coming, right? The more you can't get any more personal to a consumer than their finances. And so certainly there, we have that audience, all the consumers, you know, the digital presence of consumers now is, is unprecedented. And so the idea of, of tapping into the finances and, and making those available, uh, there's a little bit of a trust factor for the consumers to get there of trusting their financial information in kind of an open environment. Uh, so they still like to get the information from their bank. They still trust their bank the most in, in the most recent surveys we've seen. But it is something that people are getting much more open-minded about, especially the millennials and the Gen Zs and et cetera. They're, they're much more open about that stuff. There has to be a willingness to engage, though, on the part of the consumer. And the reason I say that is that I remember, as a financial journalist of some years standing myself, almost 20 years ago, I was talking to a young lady about her spending habits and the fact that she couldn't keep her credit card under control. And I said, well, what's, what do you spend money on? What's it for? And she said, shoes. And I said, okay, you know all about shoes. Name me five top brands of fashion shoes. And she rattled them off. One, two, three, four, five, like that. She was all in on the shoes. When it came to the credit card, I just looked at her and said, what rate of interest are you paying on the money you just borrowed? And she had no clue. So we, up to a point, everything you said sounds great. Everything you said makes sense. But we have to get buy-in from the consumer. How do we do that? Uh, well, uh, yeah, that's a great point because uh, you can't be preachy about you know personal financial management. Because I would tell you that even after you probably showed her the interest rate and that she was probably paying twice as much for the shoes by the time she was done, she probably still would have made that transaction. And still, <laughs> still would have made that. And, you know, we're all guilty of it to a certain extent. I, I think the, the first step in getting the consumer to engage is to find out if they're getting a good deal. And that's where a lot of the merchant funded networks. So it's pretty easy to make an analysis to say, buying your groceries at a convenience store versus, a, versus an actual grocer usually will cost you about 25% more. And that's pretty common knowledge, right? And, and most people would know that. They go to the convenience store, just for the word convenience. When you're spending your money to find a way to spend it more effectively, that's gonna have to be you know, kind of digitally engaged, right? And setting it up. And one of the things that's helping with that is all the delivery services, all the move to make it convenient, you know, pull up out front and have them deliver things. And that's becoming way more of a financial decision. Do I wanna go and get my groceries? 
I don't have the time, but if they'll bring them out to me, I can save money this way. So getting the consumer to engage will really be more about getting them the best deal. It's going to be very hard to get them to make the conscious decision to be more responsible about their daily spend in competition with their own personal convenience and preferences. Those, I don't think, I would imagine if you talk to her today, she's still got a lot, of, a lot more shoes than she has uh, credit card knowledge. And, and everybody's guilty of that. I'm, I am too.